0: welcome in welcome in welcome in this is your wednesday live chat for this week's wells fargo championship question answer comment concern ownership pivots deep dot whatever you want just throw it in the chat right now i'll get to as many as possible over the course of the next hour or so we are indeed presented by the boys over at jock market uh There's a power hour tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Walk you through Stock Market DFS. I'll talk about them in a second. It'll be an absolute blast. But why waste time when we can be answering questions like this one? From a game theory perspective, at $11,500, what position does Rory have to finish to justify the price, T5, T10? So I've tried to figure this out over the years, and there are a lot of different ways that you could say, oh, that was valuable or not. I actually think it depends a lot on what the other 10K guys do, right? You know, if Rory finishes runner-up, but Tony Finau wins, are you happy with that result? Um, I would argue that he probably needs to finish like eighth or better, probably. That, That would probably be where I would land if you asked me to assign a finishing position to it, but I think there are a lot of flaws and there's a lot of different ways to get there, unfortunately. So I don't have a good answer for you. Uh, do we know what distance congressional plate at, uh, ooh, oh, that congressional plate at both the Quicken and the US Open? I don't think they're really too similar as far as comp courses go. Um, if you tweet me, I can look this up for you. I'm not going to waste everybody's time and look this up right now. But uh, if you tweet at me, I'll go into the course database and and check it out. Uh, Good day, Rick, says Denver Timmy. Can you dive into Sergio Garcia, back-to-back Spaniard wins? All right, Timmy, let's do a deep dive on Sergio Garcia. This is my website, rickrungood.com. Very large golf database that I think you will like and you should probably subscribe to. Here's what I see from Sergio Garcia. Maybe he broke out of a little bit of a slump at the Masters, right? This would be massively concerning for me. Losing two strokes on approach at the Genesis, losing five, losing one, losing two and a half, losing four straight weeks on approach is something that Sergio Garcia has basically never done. I'm scrolling through his history four in a row in which like four straight starts that were all measured. It's basically never happened before which is a little bit concerned. Yeah, I, I, I don't have it, which goes back to at least 2008. So that would be a pretty big red flag for me. Nice to see that he broke out of it at the, at the Masters, but we don't know what happened at the Zerk. He missed the cut with Tommy Fleetwood, and we don't know how he played uh, with the strokes gain breakdown. So like, I'm still thinking, okay, concern, a little bit of a concern over Sergio Garcia. Um, the putter has been better right? The short game is always the same. The driver, this is kind of also what I worry about, right? If he doesn't drive it well and he doesn't hit his approach as well, what is he? He's nothing. Um, so I think you have to take a little bit of a flyer. on On paper, without looking at the metrics, this would probably be a pretty good spot for him. Diving into the metrics a little bit more, I get less optimistic. So call me a four out of 10 in terms of excitement on Sergio Garcia. Uh, Good afternoon, Rick. Good afternoon, Scott. Uh, Webb outright at 50 to one, assuming he can get back to his good form. Would this be a course fit? Love the content as always. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. So, so yes, the answer is yes. If, if Webb Simpson was playing to his 2020 version, he would be awesome around here, but he's, he's not right. He's worse off the tee than he's been since 2018. He is average on approach, something he's never been in his entire career. The around the green play is exactly the same and he's having the worst putting year uh, since basically he made the switch from the anchored putter, right? So remember, he went through the troubles. He he was anchoring here until 2015, and then he went to the regular putter and he struggled for two years. Um, he's he's that bad. Now you could argue it's injury. You could argue just not time to practice. He's ready to break out. I hope that's true. I like Webb a lot, but there is not a lot of really tangible data to show me that. So you'd you'd be saying this is a little bit of a flyer on web and I'm hoping that Webb this week, even though we've seen him play, I mean, we've seen him play five times since coming back at the players. Um, we haven't seen good stuff from web. We haven't seen good stuff. So yes, if he was healthy, if he was playing well, this would be a good spot for him. DFS wise, would you play Cam Davis or Lahiri? Ooh. Um, I, I like both of them quite a bit. I think that, Cam Davis, who also had a good finish at Harbortown, which is a really good sign considering that's kind of a less than driver, be more precise off the tee, like that's very exciting. And Lahiri as well, you know, if you look at his metrics here, which are pretty darn good, hitting it better off the tee, generally hitting it better on approach, continues to putt well three top 15s in his last four starts ever since he kind of found that thing at the players championship. Maybe I would say, uh, cam Davis is likely is maybe more likely. Cause we've seen like a, a larger sample size of cam Davis. Uh, I've got like four good starts from honor So I'd probably lean Davis, but I think both of them are, are, are certainly viable. Which tower do you look at for wind projections? Um, Well, if you go to Windfinder, you don't have to pick a tower. Although I think there is one in college station, the weather underground tower that I'm using is, or the station that I'm using is Potomac woods. That's the station I'm looking at. Um, Which by the way, I can just cover. There's a question here from blues guys about, would you let weather concerns cause you to pivot off of Fitzpatrick to Gary Woodland with a PM AM looking like the better side of it? I don't know if I necessarily agree that that might be the better side of it. So here's the 10-day from Weather Underground. And the things that I'm looking at are, uh, let me zoom out like a hair. So I'm looking at Thursday. Okay, so here's Thursday morning. We've got a small percent chance of rain, six, seven mile an hour winds. All of Thursday is basically the same. So let's look at Friday. Okay, Friday, we've got rain in the forecast. Well, uh, it looks like there's going to be rain basically all morning. From 5 a.m., there's a 50% chance. All morning, all morning, all morning, basically all day. The wind kicks up in a little bit of the afternoon. So maybe the argument is, if Friday gets washed, the guys on the guys go out on Saturday. I mean, Saturday doesn't look great either. Saturday would be a bit windier if they can get it in. So I guess the argument would be, the most likely guys to get pushed to Saturday are the Friday PM guys. So I don't know why I don't know why there's an assumption that PM AM is the better looking side of the draw. Listen, I'm not a meteorologist, obviously. The what I'm looking at right now, I don't think I would make any changes, and I don't think I would certainly say that one side is better than another because we might just get a delay and a delay screws the whole thing up. And if you're trying to guess a delay, I think I think you're in for a, a lot of trouble. There will probably be a wave that's better than the other, but I, I I what we're seeing right now, I don't think it's possible to tell right now, so I would not be making any changes. Uh, Matias Schwab, deep dive and ownership question mark. Okay. So here's the cheat sheet projected ownership. Uh, it, it didn't change much this morning, but I gave it a little bit of a run this morning. So Matthias Schwab, I have met 3.3% owned. So pretty, pretty low owned. If we look at the data that I have on him, see what we've got, share my screen with you here. Um, let's see what we've got here. So played the Zurich made the cut. Made the cut at the Heritage. Good sign. Made the cut at the Valero Texas Open. Made the cut at Valero. Okay. So four straight. Uh, he's Actually, he's played a lot more on the PGA Tour than I would have guessed. couple of seventh place finishes earlier. Doesn't drive it well. Now, does he not drive it well because he's inaccurate or because he's short? He's more accurate than he is long, which I guess is better here. Okay. It's not the worst thing I've seen. That's not bad. Cole. Cole, this is a pretty good call. because. Um, he does lose strokes off the tee, but he loses them a lot more because of distance than he does because of accuracy. And then the rest of his game is pretty strong, so I I do not I do not mind that. That's not bad. Good job. On the cheat sheet, Rick, would accuracy fall under strokes gained approach or off the tee? Uh, can you take a dive into Luke List for this course? Thanks. So driving accuracy would fall into off the tee. Uh, Luke list, you know, if you think about places that he's had success, maybe more difficult or maybe more difficult, like Honda farmers. I don't think this is gonna play super hard, especially because of the weather. Um, but I think there are going to be guys who shoot like pretty big numbers. Here's what we've got from Luke list, which would be a little bit concerning. And I'm not even worried about the strokes game putting like that's horrendous, but that's kind of always been the deal, right? Like that should not be surprising anybody. The little bit of a surprise would be that he lost on approach four out of his last five, but he was better at Harbortown. I think it's a decent buy low, be early spot. I'm not super stoked about it, but I would say I'm like a six out of 10. Hey, Rick, I should know my own name. Seems Strelman and Harmon would fit well on this course. Thoughts, question mark. Um, well, let's do this. We can look. So Strillman is someone that, that I encountered earlier and I thought, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. He's like seventh in driving accuracy. He's much worse than that in distance. The approach play has been fine. The short game is a little bit worrisome, but if I'm going to like, I'm not, I'm not super worried about that. Let's look at Harmon together. Cause that's not someone that I've probably spent a lot of energy on this week. Uh, we know he's accurate. We know he's short, which is better than being. Well, mostly better than being long and inaccurate. He's actually getting a lot of strokes off the tee. And look where he did, like 4.4 at Town. That's because it, it requires accuracy. Uh, did not hit it well after that. Putting, okay. I, I probably prefer Streelman. Again, not super thrilled about either. Wow, look at this. This is going to be Brian Harmon's 1,000th round on Thursday in my database. I have 999 rounds on him, which is every round he's played on the PGA. It's probably all PGA. A little bit of corn fairy stuff. No Euro tour stuff. Thursday is gonna be Brian Harmon's 1000th round in my database. Good on you, Bri. Good luck, buddy. Is the safest one and done option to play Corey Connors? Uh, Yeah, that sounds about right. I think Corey Connors is like the de facto obvious one and done choice. If you're front running, it's Corey Connors. If you don't know who to pick, it's probably just Corey Connors. You're not saving him for later. The sneakier ones, I mean, Rory's not going to be that sneaky. He'll be pretty popular. But like, if you're willing to burn Rory, it's kind of interesting. Are you willing to burn him? Maybe you should be. It's 1.6 million bucks up top. It's kind of the heavy favorite. I don't mind that at all. Outside of those guys, um, let me see. Ownership. I had ownership here. The 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 five most popular one-and-done options are going to be Rory Connors, probably then Finao Fitzpatrick, and Cam Young. I like Fitzpatrick a lot. Uh, I think, I don't think Finau, uh, there, there is a lot more excitement from everybody else on Tony Finau than I think I have on Tony Finau. Uh, last week was great for him and we knew that, right? It was drive it anywhere and then let the rest of your game do its thing. And that's exactly what he did. You're not going to be able to drive it anywhere you want this week. Um, there could not be probably more different golf courses from one week to another, I'm not as excited about Tony Fee now. I wouldn't mind Cam Young. I wouldn't mind Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, speaking of Cam Young, Biggie Ball says, "How do you like Cam Young this week? I know accuracy might be more important than distance this week, but the form is just so good, and he's going to win eventually for sure. I actually think Cam Young is kind of outside some of like the specialist stuff. You know, you could argue that when you are fourth in club head speed, fourth in driving distance, like you are a specialist. Um, I'm not sure that's the case with Cam Young." because look at his results here and I, I've mentioned this throughout the week already so I'll, I'll try to be quick here. Harbortown he's got a top a, a T3 Riviera T3 Sanderson Farms in Jackson T3 or T2 three very different golf courses. when you are starting to put it together at all these different types of golf courses par 70s par 72s whatever like like that's impressive. So I would have thought Harbortown would have been a bad spot for him it was not. So I'm quite confident that there are just about a billion golf courses on this planet that he is going to play well, play, play well at $7,200 left on the table, Glover or Cam Davis, probably Davis thoughts on doc. Ooh, let's talk about the old red man, uh, played well with Sam over at the, uh, over at the Zurich classic. He's outside the top 130 in both accuracy and distance. That's a hair concerning. His best bucket, which I don't love, but look like it's an outlier here, is 125 to 150. He is actually better. Look at this. This is why the buckets are stupid. But um he's actually better by three inches from 125 to 150 than he is from 100 to 125. Not weird. Um which would be, a, but that's not also, that's not really a great bucket for this week. So I would probably not be that thrilled about doc this week. I hate to say it because I love doc and he's awesome, but like, let's be real. Let's be real with each other. Let's look at the metrics. The metrics aren't there. The best finish was a team event. I don't think this course particularly sets up well for him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, doc. I'm sorry. Uh, deep dive on Gary Woodland. I don't think we need to do a deep dive on Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland was popular last week for very good reason. I think he's in a better spot this week, right? He is back to being a great ball striker. I think people are just, what, what is his ownership? Here, this is the one thing that we haven't talked about this week. So I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I have his ownership checking in at 14%, which is less than Russell Henley, less than Keegan Bradley, um, less than Max Homa, less than Seamus Power. I think Gary Woodland's a great option. I really, really do. I, I think this is a better spot for him this week than it was last week can you break down Henley versus Woodland for GPP purposes? Um, Yeah, I don't know what the best way to probably do that is. Hank Hill, you know, we can just look at Russell Henley real quick. Henley has been generally unable to put four rounds together, right? He has usually gotten off to a hot start and he has struggled after that. There's a lot of good places for him because he is one of literally the best ball strikers, one of the best approach players on the PGA Tour. This is a really good stat profile. It's a really, really good stat profile with questionable upside. I think that Gary, Gary Woodland has more frequent top 10 finishes in him. And I think Russell Henley probably has more more T33s in him, right? Just like higher floor, higher ceiling. If you want to compare the ownership, um, Henley's at about, at about 21, 20, and, and Woodland at about 14. So I think when you put it all together, you save the 200 bucks to Woodland. I think his upside is higher. I, know, I think his ownership is going to be lower. I think the answer is Gary Woodland. Tell me why I shouldn't play Keegan for one and done over Corey Connors can do anything you'd like. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who to play. Keegan's a great option for this week. He's a great total driver of the ball. He's horrible when he gets to the green. He's been better. Uh, Corey Connors is very similar, right? Great ball striker. Corey Connors is a little bit better off the tee, a little bit better on approach, I believe, but no, they're, they're very similar. Both are, both are fine. You're not saving Keegan for anything else. So, use them i'm not i'm not i I think they're both very similar no question from this guy just super impressed by the content you've put out there rick watch every day from work and there's none better than you cheers wow thank you garrett much appreciated thoughts on matt jones and lanto in a single entry this week um Boy. Okay, let's take these. Uh let's take these one by one here. So we'll do Matt Jones first. And Matt Jones is someone that I um I stared at long. Whoops. I stared at long and hard um last week because he was coming off the runner up finish and I was like, okay, he drove it well. He gained strokes across the board. That's usually very encouraging. He's in this pattern of like one good approach week, one bad approach week. One good, one bad. I don't think that's gonna happen, but like I do like I don't think the actual trend matters, obviously, the every other thing, but I do like that he is often capable of popping on approach. Uh it's the Worst one to to be all over the place at, but at least when you have a good approach week, you can finish T15 at Riviera. You can finish T2 at the Valero Texas Open. And you don't wait six, seven, eight weeks in between pops. It's more frequent. So it's your guess as good as mine of whether this is going to be a pop week, but that profile, always good off the tee, always good around the green, some very quick pop weeks on approach, and like generally a bad putter, but he does putt well sometimes. Like That's a pretty good profile for a high upside golfer. Um, Lonto's probably safer. Before I pull up Lonto's stat profile, I imagine he's actually going to be a little bit safer here. Maybe. I mean, as long as he doesn't play himself out of it around the greens, right? I mean, he's, he's generally more consistent off the tee, generally more consistent on approach. The short game's been horrid. That's quite surprising. Um so I think I'd prefer Matt Jones just for the the upside there. Let me quick remind you that this is brought to you by Jock Market. So if you haven't played Jock Market yet, it's Stock Market DFS. They've got contests for NASCAR now, and obviously for golf and for NBA and NHL and MLB. And you can buy shares of athletes. And then depending on what they do, there's like a guaranteed payout for their for their stock price. It's very, very exciting stuff. They're constantly improving the product. I've added more data to my website, RickRungood.com, for free. So you can actually go and look and say, okay, the Wells Fargo Championship. Let's look at everybody in the field over their last 10 cash markets. Sepstraka believe it or not, highest average ROI. You could buy shares of Sepstraka on average for less than three bucks a share, and he's paying out over $7.50 a share. Now, that includes a big win. Honorban Lahiri's includes a uh, runner-up finish of the player's. Kurt Kitiyama's, uh has like two pop weeks, so like you kind of look like Hostler's been consistently outperforming his expectation. Cam Young has been consistently outperforming his expectation. Matt Kucher, these are guys that I would target tonight because they're probably not going to be all that expensive. They don't have to win to return you money, and you can get a nice little return from them. So, um, if you use the code Rick, you get a uh. Deposit match up to 50 bucks. Joe Idoni and myself are going to do a power hour tonight at 8 15 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll give away a little cash and it'll be it'll be a fun time. We'll talk you through the whole strategy of it. And it's it's been a really fun, um, really fun format. Let me find my spot again. Uh love that hat. Where is that from? D Hudson. It's like one of those Instagram brands, right? And it like catches my attention. I'm like, ah, crap. I got to buy that now. Your prop tool is awesome. I already made enough to pay for the rest of the year. All right, Jim. Well, thanks. That's the perfect segue into reminding people that um, earlier this week, I launched uh, rungoodprops.com, which is my ongoing attempt to bankrupt price picks. Because what it does is it goes out and it looks at the odds for the props um, at at DK Sportsbook, and then it gives you all the favorites. So because Prize treats every prop like it's even money, you build these different mo- these like like I'll, I'll just put one in right now. So like the top five props right now. If you go put the top five props in on Prize right now. Uh, as a five pick flex play, your expected value is 22.9%. There are, there are probably no bets in in sports betting that you are that big of a favorite, that you have a positive expected value of 23%. It's insane. And it's just taking advantage of the huge payouts at prize picks and the way that they treat their odds. So you can sign up for rungoodprops.com. You can make as much money as Jim is telling you. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, so check that out. It's it's absolutely bonkers. We had lots of rain here in the last few days, and rain in the forecast for Friday and Saturday on forty five minutes from the course. Does this view? Does this change your view on accuracy with less roll, or will it be less penal off the tee? So there's a couple of factors here, and you can weigh these in any way that you want. So the uh, I think scoring will be better. I think there is a much higher chance that now the PGA Tour plays preferred lies, and when they do play preferred lies, you are at a way bigger advantage if you're playing out of the fairway because you can pick up your ball, you can clean it, you can put it down. And that's when these guys go super, super low. So I believe accuracy will actually be more important. Now the caveat to that is it's easier to hit fairways when you, when it's soft, because if you land it in the fairway on a firm fast day and it rolls into the rough, well, that kind of stinks. If you do it here, it lands, it stops, it plugs, you pick it up, you put it down. So, um, It'll be easier to hit fairways, but I actually believe that it will uh, be a bigger edge to be in the fairway. That's my thoughts. Are you partial to choosing guys with late tee times on Thursday? No. Um What up, Rick? On the cheat sheet, are you looking at course history or tournament history? Okay. The cheat sheet is always tournament history. If you want to look at course history, you can go to the Holy Grail. You can go to the course and you can type in TPC Potomac, and then you can sort by strokes gain total. And you can say, wow, Francesco Molinari, the best player. Ryan Armour is next. Abe Anser is next. Sung Kang, the best of anybody who's played it in both years. Bo Hostler, Ben Martin, Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, Chesson Hadley, Mark Leishman. That's the list. So the cheat sheet is always tournament history. If you want to dive into course, do it through the the Holy grail. Hey, Rick, I'm, uh, 20 maxing. How many golfers should I have in my pool? And would you keep it tighter at the top end or with cheap guys? So I can't tell you how many guys are in your pool because it's a lot of personal preference. It's a lot about how risk adverse you are. Obviously the the smaller number of golfers, um, the more risky it will be. That's what I like to do. The follow-up question is kind of more interesting to me. Would you keep it tighter at the top or with the cheap guys? I generally keep it tighter at the top and then like swap out the like you know the guys in the 7k range that I think are, you know, much more likely to miss the cut or much more likely to finish like T8, like they're more volatile golfers, I would rather swap them out uh and try to find the right combination. So that's what I would do. Rick, who is the one-and-done pick if I've got a lot of ground to make up? Uh, I don't think you need to go that far. I think the answer could be like Russell Henley. I think it could be Terrell Hatton. I think it could be, I mean, if you're really far behind, like Patrick Reed or Paul Casey. right? I don't think you have to go too far. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a a, a a really tight group of people at the top. Connors. McElroy. I think you're going to get a lot of it. I think you're going to get some female stuff after what he did last week. And then I think you're going to get maybe a little bit of Matt Fitzpatrick. And if you don't have one of those guys, I think you're, I think you're in a position to make up ground. Hey Rick, any love for last year's 54 hole leader, albeit at a different course, Keith Mitchell, could you d- deep dive him and look up his putting on bent grass? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I don't care about what he did last year because of the exact reason that you brought up, which is, it was a different golf course, but what we know about Keith Mitchell is that he's a very good driver of the golf ball. He's unfortunately longer than he is straight though. He doesn't hit a lot of fairways, which is a little bit concerning. If we go and we look at his metrics, yeah, it's exactly what you'd expect. Off the tee is great. Approach is kind of iffy. The rest of his game, some good weeks, some bad. I worry that he's a little bit inaccurate, um, but I don't, I don't mind. uh, I do not mind playing him because he is a good, because he does gain strokes off the tee. Um, If you want to look at his bent bent grass stuff, he loses a third of a stroke per round. It's his second worst surface. Okay. This is a prize picks question. Um, Using your ABCD strategy for top 20s, with the these two lineups, Connors, Fitz, Homa, and Woodland? Uh, oh, there's not a question. That's just a comment from Mark. Mark, good luck. Hey, Rick, can you please... I think that's supposed to be rank these for cash games. It says thank these for cash games. Maybe rank these for cash games. Joe, I... You don't want my opinion for cash games, but I imagine the answer is Damon Neesmith Harmon Merritt. But... I'm not sure you want that opinion. Uh, Hey, Rick, hope all is well. Who in the field are known for birdie streaks? Thanks for everything. Have a great weekend. Okay, so if you go to the Holy Grail, Badger. If you go to the Holy Grail and you go to the fantasy tab, there is actually a birdie streak column. How good am I? How good am I? Um, This year in eight tournaments, Keegan Bradley, pretty significantly the best birdie streak guy. He's the only one averaging at least one birdie streak per tournament. 1.13. That's a lot. That's pretty darn good. Let's see. He had two at the Valero, Texas Open, two at the Players, two in Phoenix, two at the Farmers, one at the Sony. So he's only had three starts this year in which he hasn't had a birdie streak. He missed the cut in one. That makes sense. Wow. He did have a, API API's hard. He didn't have a birdie streak at API, but he finished 11th. And then Riviera, hard to get a birdie streak there as well. So um, Keegan far and away this year. Kuchar as well. That's a little bit surprising, isn't it? I don't think Kuchar uh, of Kuchar as a birdie streak guy, although he had See, he's he piled them up. He had three in Sony, three at Sony, three at the Valero, and one at the Heritage. That's it. He had six, five other starts when he didn't have any. Gary Woodland's up here, Sep Straka, Brian Harman. Interesting. Hmm. I love the old birdie streak thing. Um, where are you on a scale from one to ten on David Lipsky and Troy Merritt this week? Also thoughts on Fitz at $10,000 for a guy who's not one on us soil, uh, Connors and have Hatton just have more win equity. The second part of that's pretty debatable. I think Hatton certainly has more win equity. Connors has only won once. I mean, Fitz has won what six or seven times on the European tour. I think we could say that those wins are probably better than the one that Connors has. I agree that Hatton has more win equity. Um, you know, we can put Merritt's so funny because his number opened at like 35 to one. And like now it's now it's, he's been like a topic of conversation. I'm not sure I'm particularly excited about it. Um, This is what I would describe as whack-a-mole. You know, he's never really a good driver. Doesn't always have good weeks anywhere. Uh, Has been pretty reliant on, on a putter, gaining 9.8 at the Valero and five at the RBC Heritage. That's his second best putting week ever. And like his... 18th best putting week ever so that's a little bit concerning to me Lipsky I think I'm a bit more bullish on I think he's got three top 10s in his last or might be three top 7s in his last four starts um Lipsky is a guy I've talked about a lot he's a Vegas guy he he has a lot more experience than a lot of the younger guys do he is he's he's a very good player I mean I know all these guys are very good players but he's a very very good player and he's showing it right now do you have a cool sunglasses metric for Sergio on your tool? No, but funny story, Garrett, that company that he wears, I'll give him a free plug. It's called uh gooder G O O D. They're like cheap sunglasses. Uh, they're actually not bad. They're like 25 or 30 bucks, which I like for sunglasses because I lose them so often. And I like to have them all over the place. They reached out uh, to do like a promotion and there was like this like, oh, Rick Run Gooder. It was like it was dude, it was gonna be a perfect collab. And I don't think they liked the price that I asked for. <laughs> so we haven't heard back. But they sent some samples for Armina and I. They're not bad. They're pretty good. I, I actually like the product. It would have been a really good fit. I never heard back. So if you're out there, uh Gooder peeps, we could do Rick Run Gooder. We could do like listen, we'll we'll figure it out. But sorry. Ryan Armor value play. Yes. Rick, good day to you. Good day to you, Joe. Is Kadira, Stewart, and Blom whew, worth playing in a 20 lineup? Uh, probably not, but of all weeks, yes. I'd probably like Kadira, then Stewart, then Blom, but I'm not rushing to get anyone anyone in there. Eli's on my side. Would have to disagree that Connors has more win equity. He's won once. I agree. Just subscribe to your channel, Rick. Matt, what the- in the world were you waiting for? Thanks for the content. I'm all in on Cam Young to win it all. Do you think that's a stupid bet? No. Um, I love Cam Young. It's 40 to one. You're probably going to lose it. Anything you bet that is 40 to one, you are likely to lose. So we'd have to argue, is it a good bet because he's more likely to win than one out of every two and a half times? No, 2.5% of the time. Uh, Hard to say. He's never won. We don't have enough information. So I don't know if this is a good bet, but I really like Cam Young and I hope you win it. If you win that one, uh, I will also be winning a lot of money. Rick, just a quick comment to say thanks for the work and ask about the payout structure for the run and done. This is a question I get a lot, which I I was trying to avoid because I thought I had done a pretty good job of communicating this. So here's the deal. You go here. I'm going to solve this for everybody right now. You go to the run good rundown. Uh, which is a weekly newsletter that I put out. There's an email out about the Wells Fargo championship right now. Uh, The original, original post about the one and done, it came in December. And ever since then, I've been updating all the information in this one post. So like this is the championship belt that the winner is going to get. These are the final payouts right here. Uh, uh, It's pretty good pretty good. Based on 679 paid entries because I had to go through, you know, you got to make sure they all the payments come through. So this is it. This is the payout structure right here. Enjoy. I only get those questions from people who are near the top. They want to see how much money they're winning. I'm on to you guys. Huh. All right. Um Good afternoon, Rick. I want to play more showdown entries this week. What would be the best tool to use? There's probably different a bunch of different ways to do this. Uh, I like to look at the Holy grail. I like to look at strokes gained by round. And I, and I like to start now, like I I would have already narrowed down my player pool a little bit, but I like to start clicking into some of these guys. So for example, let's just take a couple of guys in here. Um, Finao. I want to look at his round by round and I want guys that can gain four, five, six strokes per round. That's kind of what, you, what you're what you looking for. You're looking for ceiling. So Finau did that twice last week. He did it once the match play. I'm talking about four or more strokes gained. Uh, and then he didn't do it. And that's the only time he's done it this season. So he's done it three times this season. That's not particularly great. Let me see if I can find somebody who might be more volatile. What about Keegan Bradley? A notorious like first-round leader. How often does he gain four strokes? Okay, well, he's got a lot of three and a halves. Gained four at the Zurich, which you could argue. Five at Valero, three and a half, three different times at the players, uh, three and a half and four at the API, four at Phoenix. Like that's, that's why he is the first round leader so often because he has these pop weeks. Let's try one more. Let me see if I can find somebody really, really volatile. Um, Aaron Rye might be that guy. Yeah, here you go. Five. Four, four, 4.75, 4.29. That's all in like his last 20 rounds, 3.7. He's going to lose a lot. But anyway, long story short, I like the round by round stuff. Looking for poppy people. Pop it up, pop it up. Uh, Is Brandon Wu a trap? Maybe. But it also might just be that he found something, right? Because this five-week stretch has been awesome. It's not just last week. If you threw out last week, I think you'd still be pretty excited about his results. So I don't think he's a trap, but because now everybody's talking about him, he's a little bit more trappy than than normal. But I, I'm I'm actually quite bullish on him. Good week to exploit exploit the recency bias and stack answer woodland lineups. Yes. Hey, Rick. Thanks for the content. Uh, you're welcome. Who are some lower owned golfers in the eight K range and above? Uh, okay. So eight K and above uh, Jason day, Paul Casey, Mark Leishman are the three that I have under 10%. I have Patrick Reed at exactly 10%. Hope that answers your question. Webb's kind of there. See kind of there, but that's, those are the ones that I would, that I would point out. Uh, I think AM PM splits is based on wind Thursday per wind finder and Andy's write up. Uh, well, I, I trust Andy. I will have to go re re reread his article. I did not necessarily see that I could be missing something. Rick, how do you feel about Ricky Fowler this week? I, I think this is one of the worst spots for him. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's just he's he just sprays it. He should have played last week. He should have played last week. He sprays it all over the yard. Um, he should have played last week. I don't know why he didn't. What needs to happen to get a Millie Maker on a weekly basis on DraftKings seems like every big dollar tournament fills no problem. Uh, I would say everyone who watches these videos emails them every single week asking for it and tweets at DK assist and all that stuff. I don't think Millie Makers are good for the ecosystem. I'll be honest with you. You basically remove a ton of, it's a horrible payout structure in which you remove a ton of money from the ecosystem every single week. But if you want the answer to the question, it's that every single person emails them all the time and keeps pestering them. I think that Matt Kucher is making a great final run. I tend to agree. The last couple weeks have been good. He's been a bit reliant on the putter, right? He's gained like seven strokes putting in each of the last two. I think this is a better setup for him than basically 85% of all the places on tour. Hey, Rick, any way to see a combined score for driving distance and accuracy? Uh, Sure. So you could call it strokes gained off the tee, but what you're probably referring to is total driving. Total driving is an old stat. That basically looks at. Let me see if I have it. I do. Oh, I love it when that happens. I freaking love it when that happens. Holy grail. Click stats on the right hand side. So total driving uh, looks at your rank off the t- uh, your rank in accuracy, driving accuracy, how many fairways you hit, and your rank in driving distance. So for example, Martin Laird is a 98 value, so he might be 48th in uh, distance and 50th in accuracy. So that would be 50 plus 48, 98. So of golfers in this field, Martin Laird is number one. Hayden Buckley, two, Cam Young, Corey Connors, Siwoo Kim, Kevin Streelman, Alex Smalley, Johnny Vegas, Keith Mitchell. I could go on and on, but I'm not going to read you 154 golfers names. It's on the Holy Grail. It is called total driving. That is what you're looking for. Oh, and a perfect segue to Michael's question about Martin Laird. Can you please do a deep dive on Martin Laird, please? I'm begging you. I'm begging you. That's his words, not mine. That's his words. Uh, Here's Martin Laird. We know about the driving, the total driving, okay? So we know that. It's a horrible putter. Uh, Although when he does putt to a zero or better, he finds basically a good finish, which you can probably imagine. Uh, That's going to be the... that's, That's the only question. Will he putt well? Because he... Hits it well off the tee. We know that his approach play has been great. He's gained basically all but one event dating back to last year, WGC FedEx St. Jude. Uh, this is phenomenal stuff. As long as he puts to a zero, he can make noise. If you are willing to trust that, have fun. Do we think Casey plays four rounds? If so, are you playing him? If you guaranteed me Paul Casey was going to play four rounds, well, one, I would know he'd make the cut. And two, he's basically the lowest zone golfer above 9K or 8K. I would 100% play him. I assume that if he's playing, he's healthy. And the same thing happened at, at at the match play too, right? And he said it, I felt good before the week. You Back spasms can pop up whenever and you're at the mercy of them. I think he makes a pretty interesting pivot play. I'll tell you that. How would you rank these three Kucher, young web without knowing anything about the scoring system? What your goals are? I cannot answer this, but here we go. Young Kucher, web, uh, Rick love what you do. Thank you. Uh, great to see your hard work paying off. Oh, cheers. Any chance we could get a player lock button in the lineup builder tool? Yes, certainly. Now I will tell you, uh, people have found a way to kind of trick the system here. So yes, I've got I've got so many things coming to this. This is the most complex tool. So just bear with me. But what you could in theory do, because it 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 simulates lineups off of this value column. So what you could in theory do is you could say, okay, Rory McElroy, his value right now is 100. I'm gonna change that to 999. And that is what users have found out is essentially a lock button because now the you're tricking the optimizer into saying, holy crap, he's such a good play. I'm going to put him in every single lineup. It's like, it, it, you're just tricking it. So, so users have been very uh, successful at using that as a little um, trick of the trade to lock somebody in. Could you rate these 7K golfers one through five? Again, I don't know. What you're looking for, but I would say in a vacuum, the answer is Straka, Rye, Gim, Glover, Lonto. Uh, I have not talked about Chez Reeve so question from Shane in regards to Chez Revi. And if I remember correctly, because I looked at him a couple of weeks ago, it was not vintage Chez. Let me just see this. Let's just look, we'll look together. Yeah, this is not right. Oh, this is what I saw. I saw this massive streak of seven straight events in which he lost strokes on approach. Good sign that he, okay, this actually might be pretty good because this stat profile from Mexico for, for Revi is basically what you want to see from him, right? He lost strokes off the tee in Mexico, a place where distance matters, and he's very short. But he gained 4.7 on approach, 2.5 around the green, 3.8 putting. If he gains those numbers this week, there's no way he loses 3.3 off the tee because there's nowhere to lose that for him this week. Um, Everyone bombing it 50 yards past him crushes his off-the-tee number he that if you if I could guarantee that same profile this week it would be great so it's not bad it's a little bit of a flyer just because he was so horrid uh before that but it's it's not a it's not a bad call Shane I don't mind it buddy Gregory says how do you feel about Jason day love you bro hey I love you too have a have a great day out there uh Jason day I don't think I feel all that good about him Three cuts in a row, uh, finished tenth at Zurich. Who was his partner? Oh, he played with Scrivener. This is a little bit concerning, right? It's not only the fact that he's been losing strokes on approach, but he's been very consistent, which is unfortunate. He's lost basically between one and two strokes on approach in eight of 10, nine of eleven. That level of cons- that tells me he's he's consistent, which in this case is bad because. Like I would rather see him lose three, gain four, lose four, gain three, than see this. This, to me, tells me we are we are capped. We are really, really capped here. That is a very concerning stat profile to me. I love Jason Day, nicest guy in the world. Every time I've ever talked to him, he's been nothing but great. I hope he plays awesome. That is a concerning stat profile to me. How is golf from home going? Well, I've hit balls in the simulator uh, every day, which is phenomenal. Just to be able to go over there 15, 20 minutes, bang out some balls, try some new things, not worrying about uh, how many balls I have left in the bucket. It's been phenomenal. Any chance you could add a segment on the live chat videos where you run your next two or three favorite models from the initial you run in the preview? Maybe let me think about that. It's not a bad idea. 40 minutes from Potomac and it's pouring here right now. Congrats on the new site. Rick wanted to get a look, wanting to look into strokes gain on hard courses that have only been played once. Oh God. Oliver put me to the test here. That have only been played once on the PGA tour the last few seasons. What comes to mind? I mean, immediately my mind goes to major championships, right? Uh, You have a course rotation. They're generally very hard. Maybe like God, Oliver, you're such a good such a good friend for doing this. Um, let's just do this. Let's get freaky. You want to get freaky? Let's get freaky. We'll say the last five years, everyone in this field at PGA Championships, at U.S. Opens, and at... Uh, I mean, do we want to do Open Championships? Do we want to do that? This would give us maybe difficult, likely difficult only seen it once. Oh, Matthew Wolf is number 1. Cool, 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 cool. Cuz he's got those US Open finishes. Yeah. Uh Harry Higgs only has one of those, which he played the PGA Championship finish fourth. Tony Finau, uh 39 rounds in such situations. Frankie Molinari, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Rory, Paul Casey, Russell Knox, kind of interesting. So, that's the list. I, I there might be a better way to do that, Oliver. You just kind of put me on the spot, so that's what I went with. In one and done Chase Pack. To be different, who has a higher upside? Siwoo, Leishman, Harmon, or Young? I think it's got to be Siwoo or Cam Young, right? We have seen uh, three top two finishes from Cam Young in like 12 starts. Siwoo is a freak of nature when it comes to volatility. Leishman hasn't won in two and a half years by himself. And Harmon, I can't even think of what Harmon's winning record is. So I think it's got to be those two. Thanks for the NHL picks in the newsletter today too. I don't like to give out picks, but the picks are math based, and I'm trying to promote rungoodprops.com. It's unbelievable. There is no, I got, I gotta say it again. There is no bet out there in which you're getting like 25 to 40 percent expected value. Your your expected value on almost every single bet is 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 a negative. But because of this weird world we're in, and they're probably going to change it at some point, when Prize Picks changes their payouts, we'll get screwed on this. But until then, we're gonna crush them. That's all I'm gonna say. We're gonna crush them. So hopefully that's a year or two or whatever, but we're going to crush them for now. And you're going to lose a lot of days because you're doing, you know, five leg entries. Uh, But like last night I had a bunch of three or fives and a couple of four or fives. And that was a winning night enough. Uh, But when we hit them, we're going to crush them. We're absolutely going to crush them. I feel the eight K range. It's kind of a dead range in my books. So I'm kind of drawn to Paul Casey thoughts. You're drawn to Paul Casey thoughts? Hmm. Interesting. Looking for general weights to use for your model each week, if there is one. Uh every week is different. So what I would do, Joe, is uh I so I start on the course key stats, I look at what is important for this course, in which we have just enough. Data to be dangerous. I see accuracy is important. I see approach is important. I see T to green is important. I see around the green is not so important. I see that distance is medium, and I see that strokes gain putting is uh, on the lower end. Take those and then put them in your weights in the custom model because every week is going to change, right? Hey Rick, Pennsylvania guy, we're at we're at Topher, thinking about uh, having my bachelor party at next year's waste management. Good idea or bad idea? Uh, boy, depends on what kind of guy you are, Topher. It's going to be a madhouse. So if you, if you like that great idea, you want something a little more relaxed, bad idea, but should be fun either way on Andy's pod, Andy on Andy's pod. Armina always says, I always say, okay, Andy, she makes fun of me all the time on Andy's pod. The other day, his guest mentioned, if you go left off the tee here, you're screwed. Any any way to see who has issues of going left? Oh, crap. I used to have this. Do I have this handy? If you give me 10 seconds, I can try to see if I have this. Oh, I love this. I've got it. Here we go. Razor sharp. I've got it. If you are not subscribed to RickRunGood.com, what are you doing? Off the tee, left rough tendency. Is this a joke? Is this a joke? And now remember, this is low numbers first. So low, this is good. Abe answer. Oh God, Abe answer is going to win this week. Seven point six percent of the time he hits the left rough. Okay, so that's the best number. He's the best. Hayden Buckley eight point two percent of the time. Uh, Brian Stewart eight point one. Why are those two out of order? 8.18, 8.4. That's bizarre. Uh, is there a, maybe might have a rounding issue? No, the rest of them look good though. That's so weird. Uh Streelman, Reeve Laird, Putnam, McElroy, Tyler, Duncan. Week, everyone. How good is that to have that information, Razor? How good? Oh, we don't have to ask questions a second time. I'm going in an order, so we don't have to. We don't have to do that. If you're looking at a cheap golfer. Would you take someone someone consistent like Bill Haas or someone who pops every few weeks? I would take someone who pops every few weeks. Who hits harder, Dave Chappelle or Kevin Chappell? I'm not sure that's a great bump, bump, Matt, because didn't someone hit Dave Chappelle? So it should be like, who hits harder, the guy who hit Dave, I don't know. I I don't think we've workshopped that, that joke all the way yet. Is there anyone picking up steep from an ownership, uh, picking up seed on ownership from the lower tiers on who we should avoid? I would say if you want to play the ownership game, uh, Sep Straka will be 21% owned. Adam Svensson will be 12%. Those are the only two that are really noteworthy. I like Straka this week, but that would be the answer to your question. This, I don't have enough days in the week to answer love all your videos and appreciate the advice. What's the best way to build a six of six lineup pick six guys who make the cut. I do not have, there's no magic bullet here. I could argue a billion different ways for a couple of hours. Um, We'll figure that out in the future. Oh, Riku's here says what's up, Rick. I got two main lineups that end in 7,100. Can you power rank the 7,100 guys for me? Ownership doesn't matter. Okay. So that would be there's a lot of them. Hostler, Poston, List, Hubbard, Laird, Moore. Um List, believe it or not, if you're trying to win all the money. Laird, Hostler, who has a good result here? Uh uh Moore, Hubbard, Poston. I think that's all of them. Good luck. Going to my first PGA event this Saturday. Best advice to make the most of this trash weather. Uh, Wear something waterproof. Uh, Don't wear your nice sneakers. And walk backwards. Did I miss the web conversation? Yes. Rewind. Oh, I don't like those questions. It's not really questions. It's kind of uh, there's an uh, I won't call you out on it, but I don't I don't like that. Are you considering whether at all? No. Talks about Doc Redman rewind. Does Cameron Young being incredibly popular make him a fade candidate? Uh I have him at what do I have him at? 16 that's like right on the line for me. Uh I I at 16 I would not do anything based on ownership. If you were playing him, play him. If not, don't. The pivot to Rye is a little bit exciting, but I I don't think it's just enough. Just enough. There's some funny comments too, though. I've talked about a lot of these guys, which is, which is good, which is good. Uh... Rick, there's 222 people watching, but only 73 likes. What gives? I don't know. I guess they're all jerks. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm at the bottom, so keep them coming, but I can go back. There was a couple that I thought were interesting. Let's do the Mark Hubbard conversation. I think that's I think that's kind of interesting. So let's do um, you know, I think I think originally when the week started, I was like, yeah, Hubbard, Hubbard at this place, I think is is gonna be good, right? It's it's uh accuracy over distance. He is what 18th in accuracy this year. I just do I just kind of wonder what the upside is, right? I think he's kind of safer. All the really good finishes are corn fairy finishes. Right. Twelfth is at the Veritex. Ninth is at the Club Car Championship. Fifth in Louisiana. Um, I mean, I guess he had a fifteenth at the Honda, but that's like his best PGA tour result in quite some time. And I mean the Zurich too, but it's not a it's not an individual event. So I guess I just worry a bit about the upside, but his stats are really good. And unfortunately, like we don't have like all the good results, we don't even know how he did it because it's it's just it's just strokes gain total. We don't have the breakdown for Puerto Rico, we don't have the breakdown for uh, for, for the court fairy tour events. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I've cooled on, on Hubbard as we've, as we've gone along here. And I think he's going to be like, like, is he going to be fairly popular? What's his price? 60, 70. Here we go. I just passed him 71, 7.4%. It's not a lot, but it's like twice of, that much of anybody else who's there. Uh, so Okay. So D-Rex. Yeah, I do have love for Lashley, but I, like you kind of asked it like a jerk. No offense. Like I, I just thought it was like kind of a little rude. You can say like, Hey, what do you think about Nate Lashley? Or like, you know, something like that. So um, I actually think Lashley is, is quite a good play. So look at these results. So he missed the cut at Heritage, which is a, not a red flag, but a little bit of a concern, but it honestly just looked like he was Dog shit everywhere, right? He just like lost two off the tee, lost two and a half on approach. He just lost everywhere. Was it just a bad week? Maybe. But look at this. T seven in Puerto Rico, T27 at the Valspar, T15 in Punta Cana, T eighteen in Valero, t 11 in Mexico. Uh that's really strong. That's like four top twenty five, twenty five top twenty fives in the last six starts. Approach plays very strong outside of the fact, outside of the RBC heritage. Uh putter can get hot at times. I, I actually think Lashley's is quite quite a good play. Um, let's check up, check up on his ownership a little bit here. So Lashley is. (sighs) Did I scroll past him? He can't be this cheap. Oh, 7,000. 3.2%. I like it. I like it. It's okay. I forgive you. We'll be okay. Um, Seamus power is a great profile for this week. Accurate off the tee. Outside of that, just like really weird three-week stretch after he coughed it up at Pebble Beach, he's been good. I I, I quite quite like Seamus Power. Okay, let's do Doug Gim. Uh, thoughts on Troy? I don't have thoughts on Troy Merritt. I, I don't know why there's so much love for him. I don't necessarily see it. I think he's fine. I just, I don't really have a strong lean one way or another. Doug Gim, on the other hand. Let's see. Doesn't make as many birdies as he once did, which is a little bit concerning. Although maybe um, maybe it's more about bogey avoidance than it is about birdies this week. Very accurate off the tee, not very long. Okay, 36th on approach. Gains in all but one category, which is strokes gained putting. Awesome in Mexico, right? Four and a half off the tee, four and a half on approach. My God, what a freak. Are those his best? That's gotta be his best ball striking week ever. Yeah, it definitely is. It's pretty good. Was it his best tee to green week? No. Fourth best tee to green week. Yeah, I don't mind it. Listen, he's just firmly in team no putt. And at least the way that he gains strokes off the tee is generally via accuracy. Uh, all right. We got like three minutes. Just like random whatever you want for three minutes. It doesn't have to be golf. It doesn't be anything related. Three minutes. That's what you've got. While you get those in the comments, uh, let me quickly remind you of two things. One, there is a Jock Market Power Hour tonight, 8 15 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Joe Idonia and myself are going to be rocking and rolling on that. We'll give away a little bit of cash, all that fun stuff. The other thing is, I just launched rungoodprops.com. And I'll tell you right now White Sox and Cubs first inning runs under a half a run is minus 165. Prize picks is paying it out like it's even money. That's. That's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. Favorite horse in the Kentucky Derby. Ooh, couldn't even name one. Who's your wife's pick? Did I miss that? She's going to text me. Sergio is who she picked. Best bogey avoidance guys. Uh, I'll have to actually look that up on the PGA's Tours website because they removed that from the official feed for some reason. Ryan Armour, Tyler Duncan, Brian Stewart. Uh, Preferred Duncan. Favorite golf destination. Uh we did Cabo. That was pretty cool. But I think Hawaii is obviously up there. Um yeah, Hawaii or Mexico. Did you do the rope lights yourself? Uh Armina might have done it. Did pick one power? No, yes. Power. Oh wait. Mitchell and Webb or Sep and Power. Sep and power. Have you heard when prize picks will be legal in Ohio? No, but I imagine like all of these sites, they're doing everything they can to be legal in every single state, right? That, that will have them. So that early bold PGA championship prediction is can't lay bold. I mean, he's got like one top 10 in a major championship. That feels pretty bold to me. Hey, Rick, if I'm hand building 50 lineups and end up with somebody only hitting two or three lineups, am I better off to just remove them and pick More of someone, or does it matter? Um, No, I think that's fine. Right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Why? Because you don't have enough leverage on that person. You're saying if you only have them in like four percent of lineups, you don't have enough leverage. I guess it depends on who it is. I don't have a good answer for that. Sorry. All right, that'll do it. I already did the announcements, so now I can just say, like, if you have a dog at home. Or even if you don't, like go find one and pet it. That's generally good for everyone's mental health. And uh, I guess I'll see you soon. Later.